Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. I remember one time we, I was just young and I don't know, I was probably 18 or 20 years old. I don't even remember how old we was, but me and a buddy of mine, we went up to New York. Okay. And, uh, and uh, this guy was wanting to, he'd called wanting to buy some dogs. And we had some, we had, we had a, we had three young dogs. We had one, one that we was partners on and, and then he had one of his own and I had one of my own. But anyway, long story short, we drove to New York for coon hunt. And I thought, I always thought of New York, you know, as, as you know, city and, <laughs> but I ain't gone. They more, you know, they more, it was, uh, I tell you what, was, which I don't remember what part of New York was even in. But that guy that we hunted with, he had, he had just won. The UKC World Hunt with a dog. What was that dog's name? Box Willie or something, maybe like that. Hmm. Box Joe or something. I can't remember. Gotcha. But anyway, uh, when we we started home, we were coming into Troy, Pennsylvania, on a little two lane road. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what we'd done, we'd stayed up half the night before come home and slept a little bit and then drove all the way up there that day, coon hunted that night, and the guy didn't even, uh, he didn't even want to buy no dogs. He didn't even take, which, uh, I don't know, I don't know the story, the whole story, but anyway, long story short, I told my buddy, I said, I said I'm going back, we're supposed to stay the week, you know. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I'm, you do whatever you want to. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Tennessee tomorrow. I said, don't turn my dog loose tomorrow, you know. <laughs> I said, if you want to sell him that pup, sell him that pup. But anyway, we hunted all night that night. The next morning, it was about 5 o'clock in the morning, we started back this way. Yeah. I told him, I said, first motel you see, I said, just whip in there and we'll get us a room, we'll sleep, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump up and take back off driving again, you know. Mm-hmm. So next, I, he said, uh, he said, well, I'll drive. And he said, I'm in pretty good shape. He said, you go ahead and go sleep if you want to. And he said, I'll drive. Next thing I know, he was laying on her side going down. The, oh, jeez. Going down. It's, he, had a, he had a concrete bridge. It's Val's Warners. It didn't kill her. Oh, he had a oh. Toyota pickup had bigger cars on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the only thing that saved us. But it broke off a piece of that concrete bridge, probably about five foot long and that thing was probably about three foot tall that concrete bridge was and it was laying right in the middle of the road Jeez. and we was we was laying in the middle of the road on the driver's side throwed the dog box out throwed the dogs out uh, two of them got out and tore the dog the door off of one side of the box we mm-hmm. had two in one side and one in the other side and two of them got out but anyway uh we had the roadblock going right in. This was on a Monday morning, going right into Troy, Pennsylvania, and there was a, some kind of big factory there. Okay. And uh, but uh, there was a bunch of you know them workers there, and they was wanting to get to work. You know, it's going to be late. And, oh yeah. And I said, I said, if y'all help me flip this truck over, I said I'll drive it out of the road. 
<laughs> had uh, had one power knock completely completely off of it, and two of the others was cut down, and the driver's side front car was the only car that was up on it, and it knocked the passenger side completely off. Cut the two cut the two back ones down. But anyway, we flipped that thing over in the road, and I hit the switch, and it fired right up. And uh, I tried to take off, and it wouldn't go. And I put, cause I guess cause them tires is flat on the back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I put it in uh, four-wheel drive and drove that thing out of the road and opened the road up. And everybody, you know, the wrecker finally come and got it, you know, and hauled it down the road. Jeez. And then uh, he gave us a ride, right? just probably a half a mile from where we wrecked, going back the opposite way we was coming. My buddy had just passed the motel. I don't know why he didn't stop. I guess he was probably already asleep, you know. Yeah. Uh, That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, that kind of sounds like, uh, let me think here, a little little over a year ago, I guess. it It was Memorial Day, not this past Memorial Day, but the Memorial Day before. I was going to Elkins, West Virginia, to the Big Game Nationals. I have some friends that mm-hmm. live a half an hour north of there. So I was like, planning on staying at their house. They were already down there because it was a Friday night event and a Saturday event. So I left work early. My truck wouldn't start. Had my truck loaded, had dogs loaded, wouldn't start. And so I hurried up, threw everything in my car, threw the dogs in the back, like had a little Nissan crossover, SUV, small SUV. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, get everything moved over, head down the road, get, I don't know, half mile from my friend's house on a small gravel road. On It's their road, the road they live on. And I met a truck with wide tires, like right in a curve. And I kind of mm-hmm. got over a little bit. I went right off an embankment and rolled my car down about a 12-foot embankment into a cow pasture. Landed on my driver's side. You know, I climbed out the pass or the the passenger window broke, so I climbed out the passenger window. The guy in the truck stopped and he's like, You okay? I'm like, Yeah, but I got dogs in the back, so I hurry up, go try to fling the back door open. Of course, it's locked, so I had to go b- crawl back in the car to unlock the car <laughs> since it was locked because I didn't have the key. <laughs> and so then I get it unlocked, go open the back. Both dogs are okay. It was a whole mess. Yeah. And, mm. then, and then you're dealing with how do you get home when you're I was five and a half hours from home with two dogs, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the other vehicle sitting at home tore up. Yeah. <laughs> Your luck sounds about like mine. That was, uh, uh, that was my interesting trip last year. Yeah. Hmm. But. I, hey, you don't never know what you're going to run into. No. Uh, going, go, going hunting, you know, there'll be something happen. <laughs> Seems like all the time there'll be something happen. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, we used to go up to Michigan and coon hunt, you know, and seemed like there's something always happening when we went to Michigan, you know. Uh, <laughs> about a 10 hour drive for us, you know, to, from yeah. here to, to Michigan, you know, and it seemed like they just always get caught in traffic or something. It seemed like I always ride around. Cincinnati, they'd, you know, we try to hit it at the, uh, uh, usually try to hit it real late at night, you know, because yep. most times seem like there wouldn't be nothing going on, you know, real late at night, you know, you get mm-hmm. food pretty good, but never did know. Well, Eddie, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. My name is Eddie O'Dell. 
Uh, I'm from uh, East Tennessee here in the Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got you on here today because you've been brought up in two of my podcasts now. Which actually, you were scheduled to come on before the the last mention, but it just didn't work out. So, but like I said, you've been mentioned in two. You had yeah. a you had a pretty well known feist. Yeah, he's been good to me, and and you know, still, uh, you know, he he'll be uh, he'll be fourteen years old. The tenth of next month. Oh wow! And and uh, you know, and it's hard to believe, but uh, I I bred him to a good friend of mine, Glenn Gentry here. That he's got a real nice female, and we we bred her to cool whip, and uh, and she had uh, nine puppies and raised eight of them. Nice. You know, and him and him, thirteen year old. You know, to still be <laughs> reproducing puppies. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, it's impressive. Yeah. 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 But obviously, you know, you already said that you used to run some hounds. So let's start back at the beginning with how you got into tree dogs in general. Well, uh, uh, a good friend of mine that, that I coon hunted with, his name was Bobby Chambers. Me, you know, that he coon hunted, but, you know, he's kind of the one that got me into coon hunting. And, you know, they used to go and, me and him used to run around together and play ball and stuff together. And, you know, and he, one night he said, we're going coon hunting. And uh, he said, you don't go with us? So I went with him and I, you know, so <laughs> old saying goes, I was hooked, you know. <laughs> and then before you know that I had a dog box and a dog and that, you know, everything. But uh, yeah. I, I didn't, I mean, I called myself coon hunting, but uh, I wouldn't coon hunt until probably 10 years later or, or maybe maybe even 15 years later than that, you know, we, we'd go a lot, but, uh, uh, back then, uh, you know, that was in the, that was in the, uh, mid eighties. And, uh, you could hunt all week in this country then, you know, and if you trade one coon in a week, you know, you had a pretty good dog, you know, wow. but, uh, uh, now, uh, you know, now, I, I ain't going to say that there's not that many hunters, uh, and I think there is a lot of hunters, but now the game is, you know, the, the coon clubs and the, and the coon hunters just took care of the coons in this country now. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, stock some coons, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then everybody, you know, uh, you know, when the hides was really expensive, everybody was killing them, you know, and skinning them and selling the hides, you know. And then all of a sudden, a coon was m- worth more alive than he was dead, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of the turning point on the coon population in this country, you know. But yep. uh, uh, when 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 you could take, you know, when you killed a coon and skin him, and he wouldn't bring but two or three dollars. People, people wouldn't even, you know, they wouldn't even skin one, you know, for that. Yeah. And uh, but before that, you know, they would bring twenty five to thirty dollars for, you know, a big coon, you know. Mm-hmm. And then people, you know, that's, you know, we we skin everyone, sold them all, you know. We just oh, yeah, in definitely. high school and yeah, you know, that was, that's pretty good little to get a little gas money for us you know mm-hmm. but, uh, definitely no if i would have been around that I, I probably would have been the same way i would knock them all out oh yeah well 
And these mountains here, they wouldn't mean it to knock out. Like I say, <laughs> we, we have hunted, you know, I, I have hunted a week at a time, you know, and, and never tree a coon. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, like I say, it, I called myself a coon hunter for, for a good many years. And it, it took me a while to, to really realize, you know, I thought you could just take a hound and turn him on the street and he'd get after a coon. Yeah. But it, it took me several years to realize to tree a coon, you've got to get where he's feeding at. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me several years to figure that out. I, I run into an old coon hunter and uh, he, he said, well, there ain't no mice this year, are there? And, uh, you know, to me, I was just, a, you know, a teenager. I didn't care nothing about no mice or no acorns <laughs> or nothing. I thought you could kill a coon anytime you wanted to or, or get after one, you know. Yep. And uh, and when I when I realized what he was talking about, acorns and, and grapes and, and poke berries or whatever, you know, salmons, whatever the coons were feeding on then, yeah. that's when I, I, get, I guess that's when I made the curve and, and – uh, kind of started really coon hunting then, you know, because I knew then what it took to, to get ice to one, you know. Yeah. I'm lucky enough. I live in areas that have uh, enough corn that we typically have food no matter what. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, and, and like I say, you know, we, these coon clubs in this country, they, they, they got coons in from all over. I can remember one year, uh, they got a bunch of coons out of Florida and brought them here and turned them in these mountains, and they didn't they didn't make it no time. Yeah, uh, they they just died out, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they either I can't remember. I want to think maybe they got a load of coons out of Ohio something and brought them in this country. And uh, and when they when they brought them coons in here from Ohio and the, you know up in up north up in you know they were more. I guess more suitable to this type of weather here, you know, oh, yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, but now, I mean, it, it, you know, used to, if you seen a coon laying on the road, you know, you, you, you was probably one of the first ones to see it because if many cars went by, somebody pick it up and have it skint, you know, yep. but now it, it's nothing to see. Matter of fact, last night when we come in from eating supper, there was a coon here in the yard. Uh, I sold out some scraps, and that coon was in the yard here when we come in. And uh, but now it's you know it's nothing to see. You know, I drive probably ten miles to work. You know, every day, and it's nothing to you know to see a coon on the road run over. You know, yep. but used to yeah, you, you know you yeah used to you didn't you know you never did never did see a coon here, but. I got a funny story about that. Uh, pastor of my church, he's, I don't know, 60, 65, somewhere in there, I guess. I don't know exactly how old he is. And uh, when he was in college, going to seminary, young, married, had either one kid or kid on the way, I forget exactly. You know, he said, we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were broke as all get out. He's from South Carolina. And they were living in Tennessee, I believe, at the time. He said, and this would have been, you know, when coons were high. And he had mentioned at some point his wife that, you know, coon hides were worth money. 
Well, she brought she found a roadkill and brought it home for him to skin. Yeah, I guess you know that was just a way of life, and you know, for these mountain people here, you know, uh, if, if you know they didn't waste nothing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, if they killed if they killed a coon or, or or killed a possum or killed a groundhog or whatever, you know, they skin it, you know, and sell the hide and eat the meat, you know. Yeah. But uh, now, you know, uh, this day and time, well, if you tried to feed somebody a coon or a possum or a groundhog, <laughs> they'd probably have you in jail tomorrow, I guess. I only know a few but, people that, that have ever eaten them, and only one person that eats them with any sort of regularity. Yeah. They eat a couple every year. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I, never, I never did eat a possum, but now I've eaten coons. And I've eaten bear meat, and, mm-hmm. and I've eaten uh, groundhogs. Uh, there's no woman uh, down in the country here, a friend of mine, uh, it, he actually it's his mother-in-law, and uh, uh, he said that uh, if we kill a groundhog and shoot it in the head and bring it down there and clean it for us, you took it. So we took out, you know, we you know used to here, you know, people drive around, but now that you know, with so much population now, you can't hardly do it. But you know, used to we'd ride around shoot groundhogs out of farmers' fields and stuff, you know, and they they wanted you to kill them now. Yeah. But now you you know it's, you can't hardly do it now. But anyway, we we took out and killed a groundhog, and we took it down there and cleaned it for. And and uh, uh, he called me a couple of days, and he said uh, he's got that groundhog fixed. So. Uh, I went down there, and I was kind of, you know, I was thinking, boy, I wonder what this is going to taste like. And, uh, man, it looked good. And you could just take a fork and just flip the meat off the bones. I don't know how she took it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, man, I'm telling you, it, it was good. But now that's, that's the only groundhog I ever eat. But now they coon two or three times, you know, and, and eat a lot of bear meat, you know, yeah. which uh, – Bear, you know, bear meat is, is about like any other wild game, in my opinion. Uh, it all depends on how you cook it, you know. Yep, uh, it's who's, who's cooking it, you know. I can I can remember the first time I ever ate bear meat. Some of them bear hunters, we'd hunted, you know, and we killed a bear that day. And they said, come down here at so-and-so's, you know, garage. They're cooking, cooking some of that bear, you know, so. I went down there and some bear hunters it was about high loaded, you know, and that meat it it was looked like it was black on the outside and pink on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like the, the the longer you chewed it the bigger it got. So buddy a buddy of mine, he we got a roast and a good friend of mine, William Ellison, he his he said I'll get granny to fix us a roast. So we got us a roast, you know, and and uh, I told him, I said, man, I, I said, if I had to eat that bar meat, I said, I guess I'd just starve to death. I said, that's absolutely <laughs> the worst thing. I said, I'd just soon uh, cut the tongue out of my red wing boot and had it, you know. Yeah. I said, it wouldn't have been much different, you know. He said, I'll get Granny to fix us a roast, you know. So uh, me and him coon hunted about every night when we was in school. And, uh, so he called me one day and uh, he said, uh, Granny's going to cook that, uh, that roast 
to come up, you know, before it gets dark and we'll eat and then we'll go hunt. I said, all right. So I went up there and, and she had fixed the Meyer roast, you know, when it was made right, you know, yeah. she had fixed it right, you know, and had sweet potatoes and regular potatoes and everything, but she knows how to cook one, you know. Like you said, it's uh, all a matter of the person cooking it. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, you can go to a steakhouse and if you get somebody that don't know how to cook a steak, it won't be worth flip and then get somebody that knows how to cook one if, if it'll make a puppy dog full of freight train, as they say. Yep. Well, what switched you from hounds to uh, broil dogs? Well, like I say, I, uh, when, when, I, when I quit coon hunting, I had three, in my opinion, probably three as good a hounds as it was in this country. Okay. And this was in probably 2009, I guess it was. And I had two grand knights, and one was a night champion. And uh, should have done been a grand knight, but I did. I hadn't even campaigned her. She was off the track, man. All and, uh, yeah, all walker dogs, yeah. The only, uh, I never did have nothing. It might have had a few stragglers in there, but mostly, you know, like the walker dog, you know, because of the, uh, you know, early starting, mm-hmm. and, you know, and good mouth and, and a good tree dog, you know, and, and uh, most of them, you know, was uh, not too bad on the eyes to look at, you know. But but anyway, uh, I had three hounds, and uh, I, I fell off of a road grader. And they wind up doing two back surgeries on me and done neck surgery on me. And uh, uh, I guess I'm lucky to even be walking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got screws and plates and neck and back and all that. But anyway, uh, I sold them three hounds. I got, you know, I, I, I said, well, there ain't no way I can, you know, ain't no way I can keep up with these dogs now, you know. Mm-hmm. So I sold them three dogs. And they brought a pretty good price, and I said, "Well, I'm gonna buy me a good, uh, I'm gonna buy me a good five hundred dollar squirrel dog." And I had a little dog there that was tree squirrels and a little rat terrier. And, uh, he was a cross, the rat terrier and Jack Russell, but okay. he looked more of a more of a rat terrier. She's actually three quarter rat and a quarter Jack. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she would. Uh, She'd tree a squirrel, uh, you know, wouldn't know, wouldn't know squirrel dog. She'd tree a squirrel, you know, but I, I'd never even petted her on the tree at a, at mm-hmm. a squirrel, you know. And, yeah. and when I sold them hounds, I thought, I got to have me some kind of dog, you know, to, to hunt. And so I, I got in the market for, for a good squirrel dog. I said, man, I ought to be able to buy a good squirrel, you know, a really, really good squirrel dog for about $500. <laughs> buddy i i got woke up right quick yeah. uh, i i i got to talking to people and asking and here and yonder and everywhere and uh somebody said get on that uh squirrel dog central said, there's all kinds of squirrel dogs on there yep. so i got on that squirrel dog central and before i know it i'd bought i don't know six or eight dogs and Hadn't hadn't even seen a squirrel with with nary one of them, you know. So finally, I just about give up. I said, uh, I said, there ain't no such thing as a good squirrel dog. So I was, you know, I had like say I had coon hunted, and I thought you know you could turn a squirrel dog loose, and he'd go in there and fall trees just like a hound, you know. 
yeah. and bark every breath, and uh, it, it, it just squirrel dogs just don't work that way. They're, they're way yonder difference between a hound and a spice dog, you know. Yep. And uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I got got lucky and uh, bought a little female fire from a boy down in Winchester, Tennessee, uh, by the name of Ronald Davis. And Ronald was, Ronald was, uh, he was a hunter, but he wouldn't, I mean, he wasn't a dog salesman or a dog trader or nothing. He, he just hunted. And, uh, he had raised a litter of pups. He had this dog that he wanted to sell, you know. Mm-hmm. So this was two days after they had done back surgery on me. And, and uh, I called Tyrus Bailiff and I said, what are you doing tomorrow? And he said, nothing. And I said, you want to go with me and try a squirrel dog? I said, uh, supposed to be a good one. And he said, where are you going? I said, down below Chattanooga. He said, yeah, I'll ride with you. I said, well, I'll be through there and get you in the morning. I said, I'll call you on my way, you know, make sure you're up. So I called, you know, and told him, I said, I'll be there in a few minutes. Rolled in there and got time, and we took off. He said, where are we going? I said, we're going to Winchester, Tennessee. He said, that's up our next AEDC, ain't it? I said, well, I don't have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know where he's at. I said, I don't have no idea. Well, anyway, we go up there. I'd say it's two days after they've done back surgery on me. I mean, I was. Great time to go for a road trip. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, believe it or not, I was I was better after they done the surgery on me than I was before, you know, which I was mm-hmm. still shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been beaten and thrashing in the woods by no means, but yeah. I was. I thought I was, I mean, and I was, you know, uh, a lot better then than I was a week prior to that, you know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even, I was bent over at the waist, you know, like somebody had a 250-pound weight on tied around my neck trying to pull me over, you know. That's the way I had to walk. But anyway, long story short, we go down there and try this little old dog, and, and she, uh, she put on a clinic. I mean, I'd like to say, we'd never even, uh, I'd never, me and Tyrant said, we'd hunted maybe a lick or two. We'd never killed a squirrel to a dog uh, since me and him had hunted. And okay. she, treated six, she treated six singles and, and timbered one of them and had it when she got to the end of, the, you know, the one that rode out. And she followed that thing and, and uh, uh Got lucky and bought the got lucky and bought the little old female for thirteen hundred. There you go. And uh, and uh, I'd give I I'd give a I'd give away yonder more than that for for a truckload of her of her just like her right now. Yeah. But anyway, me and Terrence went to hunting her and we went to killing squirrels left and right. Terrence, after I bought the little female, the, the Ronald had a male dog there with Tyrant said, What do you want for that male dog? I said, Would you sell him or something? He said, Yeah, I'll sell him. Tyrant asked him, he said, Will you free a squirrel? And he said, Yeah, he's free a squirrel. Tyrant said, What do you want for him? And he said, uh, I think eight hundred dollars. So Tyrant said, uh, said I'll, I'll just I'll take him. So Tyrant's but Tyrant was going with me to look at one <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And buys one himself too. Yeah, comes home, comes in with one himself. You know. Uh, so uh, uh. anyway, we we go to hunting and 
killing squirrels, and, and this was in January. I believe it was either January the 6th or the January the 9th one. I can't remember exactly what day it was. But anyway, me and him hunted because I was off with, with back surgery. And, and, you know, when it was in the wintertime and Tyrant's yeah. Farms and he was, you know, crops was out, and, you know, and so he was free and, and I was free. You know, I was off, you know, trying to get mended up. But me and him hunted from all of January and all of February, and I don't know how many squirrels we killed with them with them two little old dogs, you know. It was about June, I can't remember if it was either, it was either in June or July of that same year after I'd bought that little female in, in January. Well, I come in, and, and I had her in an above-ground kennel, and I thought, well, I'm going to put her on a chain. I had, you know, several dog houses and chains and I said I'm going to put her on a chain here behind the barn and, and let her get some exercise you know because I hadn't been hunting or nothing because the season had went out you know and, yep. and I'd gone back to work too you know and and uh, so I tied her out and I come home one evening and he was a smaller dog probably weighed between 13 and 15 pounds Okay, but now I'm telling you a squirrel dog I, I mean uh, as good I mean, as good a squirrel dog as anybody has ever walked behind. I mean, and, and but anyway, the, I guess a hard attack or heat stroke or whatever, but anyway, she's laying there dead Oof. when I come in, you know. So back to the drawing board here, I'm yeah. out of a squirrel dog, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, never, and and had she'd never, you know, I'd never put her in a hunt or anything, you know. I just didn't have her, but, but roughly six months, you know. Yeah. But probably killed. I'm gonna say the, the 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 month of January and the month of February. I'm gonna say we probably killed. And I mean it, it. It don't sound like a lot of squirrels, but we probably killed 150 squirrels. Mm-hmm. But if you kill 150 squirrels in this country, you, you've got a pretty good dog, you know. So yeah, squirrels are not that thick here, and uh, you know, and it's. It, uh, a lot of times it takes you 15, 20 minutes to get to a tree here when that tree, you know, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty steep in places, but yes, it is. Anyway, anyway, I, uh, back on the market for a, for a dog. Well, mm-hmm. I called, I called, uh, somebody told me to get a hold of Bill Barger. Mm-hmm. Well, I called Bill Barger and, uh, uh, he told me, he didn't have anything. I told him, I said, well, keep your eyes and ears open. If you, if you hear of anything, let me know. So I'm down in the country working on that old road grader, and, and he called me. And uh, he said, uh, Mac McLean's wanting to sell a dog uh, down in Cummings, Georgia. And uh, uh, we talked about the money, you know, and, and uh, uh so I told Bill, I said, well, I, I, I'd be interested in him, you know. So long story short, I wind up buying Cool Whip from, from Mike McLean. And uh, that was, you know, and, and and I went to hunting him, me and Terrence. And, and Terrence had a little dog, you know, that he had bought from Ron when I bought the Brandy female. Mm-hmm. And he called that dog Joker. Well, we went to hunting Joker and Cool Whip. We went to killing squirrels and killing squirrels. 
and I thought, you know, I didn't re- I didn't realize the caliber of dogs that I had at the time. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, I thought everybody had a good squirrel dog, you know. <laughs> so I go to a, I go to, we go to a competition hunt over here. Me and Pirates both go, and uh, uh, we, uh, I got beat with Pirates. I think he, he, he placed, but anyway, I got beat that I was hunting in the champion. Mac had already made cool with a champion. Okay. Uh, and, uh, uh, so, but anyway, I got beat by a bad call on, on my behalf that I didn't, you know, I didn't even, I, I had competition coon hunting, you know, a lot of good dogs, but mm-hmm. I didn't have no idea on the rules of, I knew when a, you know, like coon hunting, if a dog trees here and another one trees, you know, 30 yards over yonder, 50 yards or whatever, you know, you call them split trees. Well, two whip treed and, uh, and I draw a couple of, you know, good, good dogs also, you know, yep. too, you know, I wouldn't, I wasn't throwing off on the dogs, but anyway, I, I called two whip split trees and, uh, it was on the side of the mountain over and, uh, on the, I guess you'd call it on the eastern end of the Clinch Mountains over there, at, uh, what they call in this area, they call it Beach Creek. Okay. And uh, so, and it was pretty steep. Uh, and uh, But anyway, the other, other two dogs kind of treed down the hill a little bit, who up treed up the hill. Well, I told the judge, I said, them, them, them boys treed theirs, and two up went up the hill and treed. And I said, just split tree mine right up there. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah. I said, he's three right up there. I said, just split three and right up there by himself, you know. So uh, we go in there, and uh, he's on a on a den tree, and them dogs has got the squirrel, mm-hmm. you know. Well, later on, the judge told me, said, you know, said, you, you made a bad call there. And I wind up getting beat by 25. And if I would have got treed in on that tree, I, I would have, that would have given me 50 points, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I would have, you know, I would have won the cast. And he said, you made a bad call. And I said, what do you mean I made a bad call? He said, well, you split treed that dog. He said, they got a 30-step perimeter. He said, you could have treed your dog in and still been good on that tree, you know. And I, and I said, well, I, I didn't know. I said, I'm just calling my dog, you know, the, yep. the way, way he's doing, you know. But anyway, long story short, uh, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't feel that that I had that strong a dog, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I didn't competition hunt uh, that much after that. Uh, and then. Uh, Finally, they had a, a hunt right here local, and, and I went and won, you know. Well, I went back that evening, you know, to have an AM and a PM hunt. Well, I won the AM hunt and won the PM hunt both, you know. And I said, well, dang on, you know, uh, I might have something here. Yeah. I said, well, I need, to, I, I need to try to make him the grand champion, you know. I was already two wins. I just need three more, you know. Yep. And go to two, two more hunts, you know, and my, so – I went to two more hunts, and bang, bang, I had him grand champion, you know. Very nice. Well, and uh, 
Somebody said, you going to try to make him a super grand? I said, well, I don't know what you got, what you got to do to do that. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't know. So I said, well, you got to, you got to have eight grand champion wins to make him a super grand. Yeah. So I hit the road again, you know, and, uh, I went that year. I hunted him in, in 11 hunts and I won. Eight out of eleven hunts that I went to. Okay, uh, and uh, and he at that time he was getting. I guess Cool Whip was probably about. Basically, my opinion, he was in his prime, and he was probably six or seven. Okay. Well, he had never been no big hunt, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody said they're having them, having that. Did you go into that? World Championship, and I said, "Where's it at?" And they said, "Up old in Indiana." And I said, "I don't know." I said, "I hadn't thought nothing about it." I, so I got to study night, and I thought, "Bang down! I need, I need to go up there, you know." And <laughs> throw my hat in anyway. So yeah, I talked to Ty, I talked to Tyson, and I said, "You know anybody that lives up in there around Odin?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "I, I got a good friend, John Cone, and John is." You know, he's a, he's a dog man. He's a Tennessee tree and brindle mm-hmm. man, you know, and he, uh, I, and uh, I think he'll hunt a five dog. I think he just likes a good dog, period, you know, but I think he's more, more of a uh, Tennessee tree and brindle man than he is a five dog man. But yeah. anyway, I, ta- I called John. I said, you got any good spots to hunt up there? And he said, yeah. He said, uh, he said, I got some good spots. So I said, well, I hate to drive all the way up there, you know, and 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 not have a good spot to go hunting, you know. So yep. that's the name of the game, you know. If, you, if you're hunting a competition hunt, you don't matter if it's a coon hunt or a squirrel hunt. If you don't get with somebody that knows where game's at, you're just at the mercy, you know. Definitely. Uh, so uh, I asked John, I said, you know where, you know where any squirrels is at? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah. There's plenty of squirrels up here. We talked a little while there, and he said, yeah, you, got a, you got a pretty good dog? And I said, well, he does all right. And uh, <laughs> he said, well, Pine said he was pretty tough. And I said, well, I said, uh, he does all right. He said, well, you, you going to try to come to the hunt? And I said, yeah, I'm coming. Uh, nothing don't happen, I'm coming. And I said, I'm going to win it. He said, do what? I said, I'm coming. And I said, I'm coming to win it. I'm going to win it, you know. John said, all right, come on. So I rolled in up there. And, and I'd never seen John Tones before, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't know. Anyway, I finally uh, uh, got with John there, you know, and we went to pleasure hunting, you know. And then the next day we go out, you know, and. I win my cast that morning, and then, then win that evening, and win the whole thing, you know. And uh, and he said, uh, he said, I ain't never had nobody to tell me they was gonna win the damn world hunt and come and do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I said, I sounds like I was bragging, and I said, I guess I was, but I said I didn't mean to be. I, I said, also don't, I don't, I don't never rag on the dog I, I usually let everybody else do the talking and then let him show them you know yep and uh, he said well you you done what you said you was going to do you know anyway then you know i i won you know he'd won the south carolina state hunt you know and 
won the Kentucky State Hunt. He was UKC Grand Squirrel Champion, uh, a uh, NKC Super Grand. He uh, got beat, and uh, I won the, the National Current Price World Championship. And it was in 2016. Okay. Well, 2017, I go to the UKC World Hunt in Corbin, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Well, got lucky enough and got got all the way through and got down to the final cast. And uh, it was me and James Byram with a son off of Cool that I had told James about 15 months prior to that, I guess. Because it seems like Dexter was a then, seems like he was about 17 or 18 months old, you know. Okay. And uh, so, you know, they. Uh, Alan Gingers from UKC, you know, they done the interview the night before, and, and he, he asked me, said, uh, said, what do you think, Eddie, about tomorrow? And I said, well, Alan, it's a win-win for me. And he said, what do you mean by that? I said, well, if I win, I said, I've got a two-time world champion. I said, if I get beat, I've got a world champion that has fired a world champion. Yep. I said, it's a win-win. I said, you know. And me and James, you know, like I say, I had sold James to extra dog when he, uh, my wife was going to uh, dental school in Memphis. So I would, uh, when when they told her, you know, that they would send her to dental school in Memphis, they were going to fly her down there. And I said, you're not flying to Memphis by yourself. Mm -hmm. I said, you can tell the dentist he can either fly me or pay us to drive down there, you know, I said, but you're not going down there by yourself, you know. <laughs> so I told her, I said, I'll just drive you down there and I'll take two whips. And I said, while you're in school, I said, I'll go hunt. <laughs> so, go. so that's what I would do, you know. She would, she was in school, you know, and I'd go up there and hunt on state ground. And uh, James Byron had, had, had called me, you know, and, and that, this was before. This was probably in 15, I guess. Well, James called me and asked me if, if I, you know, he said he was looking for a squirrel dog pup. Mm-hmm. And I said, I ain't got anything right now. I said, you know, uh, you, you know, if you want to send a deposit, get your name on the list, you know, I, I'll get you on the list, you know. Well, me and James got to talking, you know, and, and uh, I said, would you hunt a dog if you had one? He said, he said, yes, sir. He said, I'd hunt one every day. Well, we, I said, uh, I said, have you had dogs before? And, and we got talking, you know, and he said, yeah. He said, I coon hunted. Well, we got talking about some coon hunters that I knew and he knew, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, if he knows them people and coon hunt, I said, he's bound to, bound to probably give a dog a chance, you know. Yeah. So I, I told him, I said, I've got a little male dog puppy here that I'd planned on keeping. I said, but if you would uh, give me your word that you'd hunt this dog, I said, I'll sell him to you. And I said, uh, I said, today's your lucky day. I said, I can meet you this weekend. I said, because we're going to Memphis. And I said, I can meet you down, you know, down around Nashville somewhere. Yeah. And he so. So anyway, long story short, I sold him Dexter when he's just a puppy, you know, and uh, 
Well, that was your keeper too. Went, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I, myself, I mean, I, I guess I'm a decent dog man, but I'm not, I'm in no way, shape, form, or fashion can I start one. I don't care whether it be a hound or a feist. I can't, I don't have the patience. And another thing about a feist dog, we don't have the game in this country to start a dog. Gotcha. I mean, it's, you know, we just, now if you give me, I, I was the same way when I came hunting, you give me one anywhere from eight, eight months old to 18 months old, it's running and treeing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now I'll, I'll, I'll burn the boot leather on it. But yeah. now as far as taking one from scratch and I, I give James all the credit, you know, cause he, when he got that Dexter dog, it wouldn't, it wasn't just a little while. He sent me a video of him, treated his first squirrel and he, he was five months old. Nice. Uh, and, uh, but now he messed James. Byram, in my opinion, is is the best on starting a dog. Uh, he's the best I've ever seen or, or know of. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, he just, I, I don't know, he 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 puts in the time. And, I mean, he, he started, the, you know, the Rio dog that I, uh, that I had that I won the, the – 2019 NKC Squirrel Dog of the Year with James started him. Well, Coop was getting a little age on him, you know. Uh, and I, I called James and I told him, uh, I said, "You need to sell me that Coop up." I said, "You down there trying to stud Dexter out?" I said, "Now you have got a, a dog off Coop." I said, "You need to be hunting a dog off Dexter." And I said, <laughs> "I need to be hunting that dog off Coop," you know. Yeah. Well, he said, ah, he said, that, that dog belongs to my wife, you know. I mean, they had him uh, uh, Dexter same way. I mean, he's house broke. Rio same way, house broke. Leave him in the house all day long. Never, never tear a paper, never tear nothing up, you know. Mm-hmm. But but uh, James or James's wife won, I don't know. But anyway, James. It, it, in my opinion, is a, is a, is a dog man, and I give him all the credit. And the same with Cool Whip. I didn't mention Mac McLean, but Mac McLean is a dog man too. Yeah. Mac, I give him all the credit on training Cool Whip. All yeah. I done was polished him and, and and put him out there for the world to see, you know, and showed him to people and let him do what he could do, you know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't train neither one of them, you know. I just hunted him. That's my strong point. I don't, if you give me one of the running trees, you know, you know, when I send hunting like a hound yep. or a squirrel dog, you give me one of the trees, I'll put him in the woods. I, I'll expose him, you know, to the woods. And, and if, if he'll do it, I'll stay behind him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but now, Mac, like I say, Mac, Mac McLean, he, he, he trained co whip and, and, you know, and he had another uh, dog there that he sold. Uh, that was off a cool whip, uh, a little female that they called Spoon, and I never did get to hunt with Spoon, but uh, Keith Peebles told me that uh, that she just he hunted with her in uh, in an ATFA hunt down in Georgia. 
I want to thank Keith told me she treed 21 squirrels. Wow. But I never did get to hunt with her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Keith said she was absolutely tough. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but anyway, later on, after I'd bought Cool Whip, you know, and I'd heard about the spoon dog, and then Mac was going to sell her, and I called him, and he said, well, I think I got her sold to a buddy of mine. And uh, so... I said, well, you just let me know, you know. And so he texted me, you know, and told me that the boy was going to take her, you know. And I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, what about Spoon's mother, you know? Because I was thinking, you know, if I could get Spoon's mother and breed two whips to her, I'd, you know, mm-hmm. you got the recipe, you can make them, you know. Yeah. So, and he told me that uh, that, that female had uh, had those pups and weaned them, and I think, they, I think he told me she was those puppies were eight weeks old and that female died, Oof. and uh, so that was the end. Of, that was the end of the spoon, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the end of Spoon's mother, you know. So, but anyway, uh, uh, like I say, James, James and and Mac are are, are two of the best uh, starting. Dogs that I know of, you know. Uh, yep. But uh, they really done a good job, and you know, and I I appreciate James and all he's done. You know, he's 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 promoted Two Whip probably more than I ever did. You know, <laughs> after you know after he beat me in the world hunt, he said, "Man, you need to get on Facebook. You need to get on Facebook." So everybody on Facebook's asking about Two Whip. I said, go. I don't know nothing about no Facebook. You know, I. So anyway, James, he got me on the Facebook. So, uh, you know, uh, but anyway, and but and you know, and 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 James, you know, and the and the Dexter dog, you know, he 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 was off of a two whip and off of a female that David Savage had, which was Sandy, and Sandy and two whip were half brother and half sister. Okay. For David, you know, he had to with Daddy, which was Cody, you know, and and David, you know, when David got Cody, uh, he wouldn't. Uh, he told me that he wasn't in the, wasn't in the market for a squirrel dog. He just wanted a dog to turn loose on the farm, you yeah. know, kind of to make a farm dog. Yep. And that's when he bought, you know, that's when he bought uh, Cody, and. Uh, he said he come in from work one day and his papa said, you going to have to do something with that dog. And he said, well, what's he done? And he said, well, he stays treed all day long. He said, you're going to have to put him up or something. So he stays treed over in the edge of the woods all day. <laughs> well, David, he said, I, I just started hunting him, you know. And he said, I didn't know nothing about squirrel hunting, you know. And he said, I started hunting him. And he said, man, he just, just, you just turn him loose and go to him and kill a squirrel. Yeah. He said, every time you turn him loose, go to him. He'd, he'd be treed, go to him, he'd have a squirrel, you know. And, uh, which I, I never got to hunt with Cody, but, you know, I talked to several people that did, you know, and they said, just like David said, you know, when you turn him loose, he'd be gone, bam, next thing you know, he's treed, go to him, he's got a squirrel, yeah. you know. And, uh, and he come from a, he come from a line of dogs out of the Clint Mountains over there that, you know, was basically, I guess what you'd call a meat dog. Mm-hmm. The, the old man that had them, 
didn't even they wouldn't even register or nothing. You know, they they get, uh, he he raised dogs and squirrel hunted and coon hunted and everything and uh, uh, just to uh, feed the family. You know, off of what game he could catch in the winter time. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where Cody come from. You know, from that old man and they they got him. You know, they got him. They got the old man down and asked him, said, do, do you know what that dog's mom and daddy is? And he said, yeah. He said, I got their mom and daddy here still. And he said, I can tell you what the man, the grandpa and the grandma's name was. I raised them. I had them till they died. You know? He said, I can tell you the great grandma and the great grandpa. He said, I raised them <laughs> until they died, you know. But anyway, they they got them registered, you know. And, uh, cool. And, uh, and that's when... But you know, and and that's just like Cody. You know, he was a squirrel dog, but never was put in a competition hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and was a reproducer too. You know, uh, and you know, and just like I, I don't know. I guess it just you know, good dogs reproduce good dogs. Seems like uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you know, and I Cody. And then he reproduced two whip, and our two whip he reproduced Dexter, and our Dexter he's reproduced pig. Rio is off a of cool whip too, you know. And then ours uh, Ken Kinsley's got the got the pig dogs off of Dexter, you know. And yeah. Mike Perry's got the deuce dog that's off of Dexter, you know. It's just uh, yeah. seems like the, you know, just seems like they're getting better and better and better, you know. With Getting them in the hands of people that were, you know, like James uh, Byram and, and, and Mike Perry, Ken Kinsley, Wendell Pulley, you know, they, they've hunted these dogs. I mean, they, they, yep. they deserve more recognition than, than anybody, you know. Uh, you talk about squirrel hunters now. If you think you're a squirrel hunter, get in the woods behind Wendell Pulley and Mike Perry. <laughs> I mean, uh, they go to they go to LBL on the Kentucky side when it opens, and they'll stay till it closes. They drag their camper down there and they live down there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they uh, uh, they they squirrel hunt now. They they don't just mess around. They squirrel hunt. Uh, 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 but now, uh, you said you talked a little bit about Cody. Um, what was cool was, um. He he was uh, Bill Barger took a female uh, over to David's and bred her, and and her name was Tennessee Babe Barger's Tennessee Babe, mm-hmm. you know, and she uh, uh, had this uh, you know had this litter of pups off of off of Cody, well, and they were all red, and Cody was even red, you know, and had stand up ears, you know, and uh, and Two Whip was solid, well he wasn't plum solid white, but he had a you know, ninety five percent white and had a little little color around his uh, face, you know. Yeah. And uh and but he was you know, he was mostly white and, and I I don't know Mac McLean, you know, he bought him when he was just a puppy. Yeah. And and Mac is a you know, Mac's a bird dog man too, you know. Okay. It seemed like, you know, seemed like a lot of people or a lot of dog men that are uh, that are bird dog trainers i guess which i've never missed never owned a bird dog don't know the first thing about a bird dog but <laughs> seems like bird dog men are are you know i ain't gonna say all of them but the majority of your bird dog people are, 
a good dog. Uh, yeah. You know, they know how to train a dog. Yeah. Ice Bailiff the same way. You know, he, he you know, he had a, a something, something kind of bird dog that won the, the I guess the national champion or whatever. You know. Yep. Uh, I don't. Uh, tell me, he was big anyway, in the dogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, like, like I say, there's, there's, you know, Terrence and, and Mac both, you know, are bird hunters, you know, and, and then there's another guy here that you know he's a bird hunter, Arnold Hall, you know, and he's a good dog man, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I don't know if the, if the bird dogs are any different, but seems like, I guess, a bird dog. Or what I'm trying to say, it seems like a bird dog is is more trainable. Than a hound or a ice dog, you know, yep. things like, uh, you know, which I don't know. I, I, I blame it. I blame the, you know, the, like the fast dogs, you know, it's hard. You know, I don't know how many people call me in there. So I, I've got a little fast dog and he'll run a squirrel to a tree, but he won't bark, you know, what do I do to get him to bark? And I said, well, that's, that's, that's a big hole in a lot of, dogs, you know, yep. uh, uh, trying to trying to get them to 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 bark, you know, to tree, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but I blame it, you know, and I I don't know, it's just my opinion, but I blame the 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 fast dogs not treeing on uh, years of I'm gonna don't really want to say bad breeding, but just say for instance breeding dogs that are not up to, you know, really good standards, in my opinion, you know, like really breeding a lot of males and female dogs that probably wouldn't even tree squirrels, you know. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, because they kept the line, you know, that when I first got into squirrel dogs, you know, I had bred a, 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 a sister uh, to a Cool Whip, to an Atomic, dog which was a, another line of five dogs and, they, mm-hmm. and somebody told me said man you won't never be able to sell them dogs and them out dogs like that well they buy my phone up wanting to buy them you know <laughs> and i said well i think you know and it's just like say it's just my opinion i think to to have a good future you've got to start with a good pilot mm-hmm. in other words you need to breed a good male to a good female that doesn't in my opinion doesn't matter what line it is you know to, to get your uh, get your percentage of reproducing better dogs i think you need to breed good males to good female yeah you know definitely but, but anyway yeah now what all did you win with cool whip you said a little uh, bit but uh he won the uh, won the uh, uh, won the national current Fife world championship in 2016. He won the Kentucky state, uh, won the South Carolina state hunt, uh, placed third in the Tennessee state hunt, and I placed either second or third again in the Kentucky state hunt. Uh, he uh, uh, was second place in 2017 in the UKC World. 
He was second place again in 2018 in the UKC World. And uh, so he was a NKC Super Grand Squirrel Champion and a UKC Grand Squirrel Champion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but like I say now, most of this winning came, you know, like I say, when he was six, between six and nine year old. Yeah. You know, I, he never, I just, you know, I, like I say, I thought everybody had a good squirrel dog, you know, so especially ma- when you went to a hunt, you know. Imagine if you would have started pushing him in hunts when he was three, four, you know, you did yeah. a lot of winning when yeah. he was older. If you would have actually put him in some hunts when he was a little bit younger, I'm sure he'd even have yeah. a more impressive resume. But that's yeah, that's a pretty probably, impressive yeah. line up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and like I say, when I got him from Mac, he was about eighteen or nineteen months old. And I mean, I just, I just hunted him, and then I went through a divorce between probably, I guess he was between three and four year old. Okay. Really, when you think, when I guess really when you say he was in his prime, I went through a divorce and and I moved, uh, I moved. Uh, let's see, I moved one, two, I moved three times in less than less than a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know how much hunting I done. Yep. But uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. You know, if he would have been exposed to, you know, to some bigger hunts when he was three, four, five, and six years, seven year old, you know, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, uh, I mean, he, and you know, the, the, the good thing about Cool Whip was when he treed, I, you know, most time you'd see a squirrel or you'd see a hole. Yeah. You know, when he treed, uh, I mean, he was, when, you know, especially I'm gonna say three, four, five year old. Uh, he was, I mean, just deadly accurate. When he treed, you know, he'd have a squirrel and I'd kill it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, no telling how many squirrels me and Tyrant has killed to him. You know, good friend of mine, Terry Lucas from over in, in South Carolina. I, I went over there, you know, and and uh, he he told me he called me, you know, and I didn't know Terry from nobody, you know, and he called me up out of the blue and he said, Won't you come down here and go hunting with me? And uh, I said, I he said, I said, You got plenty of squirrels? He said, Man, I got this track of ground over here. It used to be the governor's mansion. Jeez. And uh, he sent he sent me the sent me a video and I still got the video on my phone. He said, This is the old governor's and he told me the governor's name and I can't remember it, but anyway, he said there's seven hundred acres here. He said, nobody's ever turned a, a dog loose in it. And he said, the guy that overlooks it is going to let you come in here and hunt. Nice. I said, yeah, I, I'll go. I, so, well, I went down there and and, uh, and uh, we turned the co-whip loose, you know, and, and he didn't go. Just didn't seem like 30 yards. Bam, tree. Terry Lucas said, is that him? I said, yeah. I said, he's true. And he said, 
man, he sounds like a walker dog. He said, he don't sound like no fire dog. <laughs> you know, he, he had a good, you know, had a really, really good mouth on him and was a good tree dog, you know, wasn't a, you know, wasn't a hound type tree dog, but a good tree dog, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went to him, killed a squirrel. Well, we went on, I don't know how many were killed that evening, you know. I got, I, I'd worked, you know, half a day and then I took off and got down there right about dusk dark. And uh, I told him, I said, well, I'm ready to go there and go hunting, you know. And he said, you ain't going to let that dog rest? And I said, he's been resting in that box. I said, he's ready. <laughs> I said, you'll see when, you'll see, you know. So, but, you know, and, and another thing, too, you know, you could you could just hunt all day long. And, I, and you know, you, you'd be getting up next to dust dark, you know, and you'd, you'd holler for him. And you just... Threw up this act like he broke his heart, you know, just to have to quit, to, you know, because it's getting dark to just to come to you, you know. Yeah. Day in and day out, I I mean, you could hunt him every day. You know, you stick him in front of the truck and road hunting six, eight, ten miles a day. You know, like if it was raining early in the morning, you might be raining, you road hunting, kill a mess of squirrels, come back that evening and, you know, and it quit raining and, and, and walk hunt. And he'd just hunt, you know, just just tree after tree after tree. You know, you'd you'd be treed, you'd shoot squirrel out. You get, you know, I always carry a little old food city bag, and I'll put my dead squirrel in that bag, and then put it in my vest. That way, my vest ain't full of blood. You know, just time you get that squirrel, uh, get that squirrel away from me. Get get your food city bag out of your vest. Get that dead squirrel in there. Most time he'd be treated again, have another squirrel, you know. Nice. But uh, uh, just, just super nice, deadly accident. Never any trouble out of him. Uh, mind like a kid, you know. Just easy going. But the the last litter I raised here, which we moved and bought a new place over here in the country, and uh, the last litter that I raised, well, they'll be a year old in November, when they got big enough, I just let them run loose. There never was pen till they got about six months old, and I, I finally had to pen a, a little female here because she got to getting in the road, and I was afraid she was going to get run over. Mm-hmm. But every night, every day when I'd come in from work, they'd be running loose, and they'd be here at the house. Come nighttime, they'd go back to the kennel. Instead of getting in the pen with their mother, they'd get in the pen get in the doghouse with cool with. Uh well I, I you know, I've got I don't know how many pictures of puppies sleeping in cool whip bowl and him him uh, him eating with them and, and them sleeping with him and, and them them piled up in the doghouse and him sleeping out on the kennel floor, you know, and all the pups in the house, you know, and he can't even get in the house for the pups, you know. Yeah. Just uh, just it's a good all around, plan. I mean, just oh yeah, just super nice, you know. But I, I've always told everybody, you know, just a once in a lifetime dog. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, just you know, and not only, you know, not only a good squirrel dog, a good reproducer, you know, that you know uh, that has reproduced a world champion, got a grand. Uh, got a son that's a world champion and a grandson that's a world champion, you know. And then yeah. no telling 
you know, no telling how many more is going to be behind it, you know. Because uh, mm-hmm. them, I, I mean, those guys, they'll hunt them, you know. Uh, and uh, that's what, that's what you know, that's what makes two whip shine those other guys, hunting pups and strand pups off of them, you know. That's what makes them, you know, that's what makes them look good, you know. Yeah, definitely. Now, part of, like, a good effective breeding program, like you said, is having good people that, are going to continue to hunt your dog, you know, hunt the next generation of dogs off of yours. Right. And, and you, you know, and that's what it takes. Uh, but, you know, and then, you know, like here, I've, there's people here that'll hunt, but I mean, we don't have the game here. You know, like I went to the Mississippi Delta, me and Pines did mm-hmm. hunting with Steve McKee and the Mississippi Delta. And uh, we hunted five trips to the woods. And uh, and we killed, I think, I think we killed a hundred and forty six squirrels five trips to the woods. Ooh, yeah. you know, uh, we hunt. Well, we hunted Monday morning, Monday evening, Tuesday morning, Tuesday evening, and Wednesday morning, and we killed our limit one morning. The first morning we went, there was you just allowed eight. The first morning we went, there was five of us went to the woods, and we killed forty. In just a little while, about mm-hmm. two hours or two and a half hours, we go back to camp and we clean them, eat a sandwich, and we go back to the woods. And there was four of us, and we was just allowed uh, 32. We killed 32 back to the camp and had them cleaned and eat supper. Went to bed, got up the next morning, killed her limit. Went that evening, killed her limit. Went Wednesday and... Uh, Killed. Uh, there was four of us went Wednesday and we killed 32. And uh, I mean, that's the difference. But now here in these mountains, you know, people talk about killing the linnet, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you might, I mean, you might get lucky and kill your linnet, you know, here. But if you hunt five days a week here, if you kill 25 squirrels, five trips to the woods here, you, you've got a pretty good dog. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, if you can average five squirrels every, every time you go to the woods here, that's, and that's high for your limit here. Tennessee's got 10 squirrel limit. Mm-hmm. If you can kill five a day, uh, you know, five days in a row and kill 25 squirrels, you've got a pretty good dog. Nice. Uh, so it sounds like you definitely have a, have a good one then. Yeah. He, he's been a good one. Uh, like I say, he's getting age on him, but, uh, I've got semen collected on him, you know, but smart. I'll, uh, maybe, you know, maybe that we've got my wife and, and myself, we've got, uh, he's got three boys and, uh, and I've got a stepdaughter in between us. We've got seven grandkids. So maybe one of these grandkids will be hunting a cool whip pup. There you uh, go. You know, maybe 15 years down the road, you know, when cool whip's mm-hmm. dead and gone, you know. Yep. Uh, maybe one of his grandsons will be hunting a cool whip pup, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you nice. can't never tell this, the way this world is today, though. Uh, and it seems like the, seems like there's more anti-hunters than there are hunters anymore, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know. And and the younger generation, they don't they don't care anything about hunting. I hate to say that, but, uh, you know, uh, they really don't. You know, mm-hmm. they just, they'd rather have that cell phone or TikTok or <laughs> facebook or something you know they, they could care less about uh, killing a squirrel or walking behind the dog you know just a different 
different era, I guess, than what, what we were raised in. Yep, definitely. So what do you got now that you're hunting? I've got a young female off a of co-whip and off of a personal female of mine that I call Brandy. And she's a, she's a full barger bred female. Okay. I hope she's going to make a dog. Uh, she's built like I want one and got a good mouth. And, and uh, I'd say she ran loose her whole life and she's got to, uh, got to go into the road here. And I, I just have put her up, but uh, I'd give anything if I, if I live somewhere we'll head like around that Mississippi Delta right now. Yeah. Where a man could could really put her, you know, really expose her to game. So yeah, I I took the real dog after I hadn't had him long when I bought him from James and I took him out there to the Delta and uh he split treed a bunch and I killed a bunch of squirrels to him and uh that finished, you know, Rio mm-hmm. and that maybe if uh, barring any bad luck, I'm gonna try to get uh, I'm gonna try to get this little female out there to the Mississippi Delta this fall, you know, and, yeah, and uh, try to get some squirrels on, you know. Mm-hmm. Get, that's the main thing. You got to get where games at. It's hard to. Yep. It's hard to do anything in this country, even though we just don't have squirrels. Nope, I can that, understand. That's that. the only thing I've got, uh, you know, as far as something to hunt for myself, you know. It's hard. People come here. I had a male and a female off of this life litter, and I planned on, uh, my plan was to let those two run loose here until I absolutely had to put them up and then try to train them. And whichever one started first, that was the one I was going to try to promote, you know, and mm-hmm. try to push. And, and, and there was a guy I came here and, uh, he throwed a fit over the male pup and, uh, <laughs> And uh, I said, I don't want to sell him. And he just kept making offers and making offers. And uh, I sold him to him. And uh, my wife said, uh, I come in the house to get his papers. I said, uh, I said I sold. When I when I turned these pups loose, I called them Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. So they stayed over to the neighbors, you know, and they drugged the neighbor's shoes over here. <laughs> <laughs> they chewed them up. I mean, they, they were true outlaws. Bonnie and Clyde, that was that, that suited them too, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I come in the house to get the papers, and uh, and uh, I said, uh, told my wife, I said I sold Clyde, and she said, well, I want to talk to whoever bought that dog. And I said, all right, I said he's out here. So I said, when he gets ready to leave with him, I said I'll pick on the window and you come out here and talk to him. I picked on the window, <laughs> he come out, and uh, he said, uh, he said. Now, when you leave here, that dog, I don't want you doing this. I don't want you doing that with him, you know. And, and he said, no, ma'am. He said, I've got two two boys. Uh, I believe he told me a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. And he said, uh, they're going to, this is going to be their dog. Mm-hmm. Well, later on that night, he sends me a picture. Uh, and there's old Clyde. He's in the house. And I told my wife, I said, I believe Bonnie was the one that got the bad end of the deal on this deal. I said, old Clyde's laying in the house, and uh, Bonnie's laying down there in the kennel with two whips. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he's already got him started, but now the, he has really, really, really messed with him, and uh, I hope he makes him a, I hope he makes him a world champion, and, uh, and maybe mine will too, but uh, cool. it, it, 
you got to get them in the hands of somebody that'll that'll really expose them to game and put them in the woods. That's, mm-hmm. that's the main thing, you know. Definitely. But, well, we've uh, been we've been I, at this for a while, so I mean, it's always like a good story. Man, I got so many. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know where to start. You know, uh, I don't know. Me and Terrence, me and Terrence Bailiff, me and Tim Atkins. I mean, we've walked so many miles. I guess. I don't know. I guess probably. You know, the something that kind of just. I don't know. Really stands out. I don't know. If, I ain't gonna say it really stands out, but something just kind of. You know, when you said a story, you know, and it's not really a story, it's just kind of a hunting trip. You know, the, the last trip into the woods in the Mississippi Delta, me and Terrence and uh, Steve and, and uh, uh, I can't even think of Steve's buddy's name now. Uh, he's going to kill me. But anyway, we turned the dogs loose and they, we were, you know, we were just hunting. I mean, beautiful. I mean, if you've never hunted the Mississippi Delta, I'm telling you, it's squirrel, and it looks like it'd be a coon hunter's dream, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like I say, anyway, we're just we're just hunting, you know, and we're just killing squirrels. And, and uh, Steve said, uh, said, we might ought to start working our way back toward the side-by-side. What we'd done, we had, he had a side-by-side, and we hauled that thing over on a trailer, and uh, they ha- they'd have gates up, you know, but you could uh, take a side-by-side. You know, through there, but you said they wouldn't let you take a vehicle. You take a side to side. So mm-hmm. we drove way back in there on a side to side and we just took off, you know, and we were just having a big time, you know. And uh, we're, we're way back in there. You know, I, I knew we was a pretty good ways in there, but I never dreamed of it. And uh, Steve said, we might all start working our way back to the truck. And uh, I said, uh, how far are we from the truck? He said, I don't know. Let me look on my garment. Well, he pulls his garment out. He looked, he said, we're six miles from the truck right now. <laughs> I said, yeah, we might ought to start heading to the truck. I said, we got to drive about, you know, we got to drive our way home. So we started easing back to the truck and, and we stopped about half, I ain't going to say halfway. We stopped a little ways and Steve said, let's dump these squirrels out and divide them, you know. So we dumped the squirrels out and he said, we need to count them and see how many we got to, you know. So we dumped the squirrels out and Seemed like we had 30. We just allowed 32. He said, we can kill two more squirrels. Well, we'd left some already, you know, and let some get get away, you know. But anyway, we wind up killing our, you know, our two more squirrels. And uh, we come in and clean them. And uh, but that's not really a story, but it kind of just, you know, kind of just uh, good people and good dogs, you know, and mm-hmm. good fellowship, you know. and we. Six miles, you know. For the next thing you know, we six miles from the, from the <laughs> side to side, you know. Yeah. Uh, but kind of another little story. Me and Tim Atkins, uh, uh, we were squirrel hunting and we were road hunting the dogs over here in the in the big mountains. And uh, we're coming up to a curve where the dogs went around the curve, you know. And I was hunting this brandy female here, of mine, and Tim Atkins was hunting a, a, a female that that he had uh, by the name of Dixie. Well, they went around the curve, you know, and me and Tim, we was just talking, you know, and, and wouldn't wouldn't pay no attention, you know. I told him, I said, you might ought to catch up with them dogs. I said, they'll be off, off down in there and be treed before we know it. And uh, I said, we need to try to get us 
some squirrels killed out, you know. So he's on around the curve. I, by the time he went around the curve, I looked and I went a black bar across Jeez. the road. Comes from, come from the right hand side of the road and across. And uh, looked like it weighed probably 100 pounds. And that dude was gone. And them two dogs took off after it. And I mean, that bar smoked them. And I mean, two fast dogs can run pretty fast, but now that bar smoked them. Yeah. Well, them dogs turned around and they come back and they hit the road. And when they, by the time they hit the road, another bar popped up right where that one came out. And we're probably 30 yards behind the bar and the dog. Well, that bar, I don't know who it, who it scared the most, them two dogs or that bar. But anyway, that bar took off and didn't, just as quick as he got out of the road, run up a little old poplar. And and I run over and I told Tim, I said, you need to kick your dog because he just bought her and, and paid, a, paid a pretty good price for her, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, you don't need, I said, if that bar hits her one time, I said, she'll be dead, you know. So they've got that bar treed, you know. And there I am out there, uh, me and Tim both, neither one of us got a gun, not a <laughs> stick or nothing. And I, I run the I run the bar the bar comes down and I run it back up the tree. And uh, uh it well it don't go up the same tree that it was in, it comes down. And then uh, I run it up another tree, so it climbs that tree. Well, uh, I get Tim's dog caught, and he gets her on the lead. And uh, I've let my little old dog, she's treeing on it, you know. And, well, the bear, the little old boar bear, probably weigh about 180 pounds, something like that, maybe. Well, he decides that he's, uh, he's stayed treed long enough, you know, I guess. Mm-hmm. He come out of that tree, and when he hit the ground, he was gone. And that little old feist of mine took off after it, and I thought, well, we'll be we'll be the rest of the day trying to get her. But she run it probably, I don't know, probably 200 yards. And I guess the bar just right up the side of the mountain, the bar got gone, you know, and she couldn't keep up. So uh, just a minute, she was back, you know. But that was, and I told Tim, I said, boy, that was, was kind of stupid. I said, me and you both out there. Neither one of us with a gun or nothing, you know, and that and that, that bar could have killed either one of them two dogs just licking his flesh, you know, and probably mauled me and you both that wanted to, you know. <laughs> bear hunting with feist, huh? Yeah, bear hunting with feist. That's <laughs> what I told you. I, I've got videos of it on my phone, you know. I tell them boys about freeing that bar. And a uh, kind of funny thing, you know, I, I was trying to just take pictures, but uh, – I wind up making a video. Uh, somehow or another, I got, I guess, just meant to be. Somehow or another, I got my phone on video and I'm running, holding my phone. That bar, go, and I'm running it, uh, trying to get it to go up a tree, you know, and it finally goes up a tree. Well, I'm trying, thought I was taking pictures, but I'm making a video. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, I figure out that I'm making a video, you know, and I video it a little while and then I quit uh, videoing it and then I take it, you know, uh, several pictures of it, you know, in in the tree, but I tell these bear hunters here, you know, uh, uh, about treeing a bear with a feist, and they say, why you can't tree no bear with no feist? I just pulled the video on. <laughs> there you go. But it just, I just wouldn't, wouldn't nothing that we meant to do, just 
this yeah. happened, you know. Yep. One of them deals, it just seems like you'll always run into trouble or something will happen, you know, when you, when you, we we'd went to Michigan one time, you know, if, if you've ever hunted in Michigan, you know, they got them huge corn fields. And we, we turned the dogs loose and they took off and, and uh, they hadn't been gone just two minutes. And you could hear a mess making, you know, they, they'd caught something on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that old boy was hunting, Jerry Thaler, he said, they caught a coon on the ground. And I took off running. I run up there. About the time I get probably 30 yards of them, I can smell a skunk. <laughs> and that, they'd caught a skunk on the ground, and they wouldn't a piece of that skunk big enough to cover a, a cigarette pack. <laughs> they had shredded that thing. And we smelt skunk all week with us by them. Seemed like you'd kind of die down, and then it, the view would fall at night, and you'd, you'd be on them collars. And we yep. smelt skunk for a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's anyway. funny. That's the life of a houndman, I guess, you know. Yep. Yeah. Well, Eddie, it's been great talking to you. I appreciate you yes, coming sir. on here. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.